Hi folks and welcome to episode 11 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host Bart Bouchotts and this is the show for August 2014. Um, today's, actually before we go into the topic, today's panel is a little small in number, but very high in quality all the same. Uh, Mark is with us again, uh, Mark Pauly, all the way from the west coast of the United States of America. Hi Mark. Hi, how are you? I'm doing just fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad to be back on the show and really excited about this subject because uh, this changed the way I shoot. Oh, that's, that's yeah. a nice little preview for people. Yeah. Uh, also joining us from my east is uh, Stéphane Lesage from the beautiful little kingdom of Belgium. Welcome, Stéphane. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Actually, speaking of my home country, any sign of a government yet? I think we are still waiting for that. <laughs> okay, we did. I do. It was May we voted, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was in in, uh, in May. Yeah, because even us but, foreigners still have to vote, so I had to post off my uh, my vote. Oh, you have Speak? to? Mm. Yeah, we don't have the right to vote, we have the duty to vote, even us yeah, it, expats. It's the same in Belgium, yeah. Well, no, Speak. the Irish don't have to vote, it's only us Belgians living abroad have to vote. Mm-hmm. So anyway. So, but, but you are still uh, Belgian then? You still yes, have a, yes. You know, yeah, my, my passport has a little crown on it, Royaume de Belgique. Mm-hmm. Speaking as a U.S. citizen, hearing you wishing for a government, I really need to warn you that you should you should be careful about what you wish for. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, it, 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 we're going slightly off topic already, but anyway, it's a Sunday, we can have fun. <laughs> but no, in, in Belgium there's so much local government that Belgium can happily go for a year without a national government. And the, yeah. I, Was it 400 days last time? Last time was a record, yeah. I think it was, I'm not, not sure if, if it was 400 days, but it was, it was a lot, a lot yeah. But we, we have our local governments already by now, but it's the national one which uh, which always takes time. Yeah. So when you know when you have that much local government, you can do without a big one for a while. Anyway, let's get into photography. So this is the fourth part of our sort of the fourth and final part of our sort of life cycle of a photography mini series. So part one was your preparation before you took the photo. Then part two was what you do when you're in the field to maximize your chances of getting said photo. The third one was then what you do post-processing. And the final and probably the most important phase is sharing your work in a way that is, well, beneficial to everyone, I guess. You know, the people watching your work are enjoying it and you are having a positive experience sharing it. So somewhat of a broad topic. Does anyone have any particular feeling of where we should start? Maybe what we use uh, to share our, our images? Like well, uh, do, yeah, actually, do yeah, so, social uh, websites or uh, maybe something local? Uh, actually, there. Okay, so there's before we even go into which particular site. So here's the first question. So I'm taking it that all three of us share online, and I know we do because I know we, we're all friends on Flickr. So we definitely all share online. Mm-hmm. So um, how many of us share physically? Because I have well, no, I sort of do. I guess I make a calendar for my family every year, and that way at least twelve of my photographs get made into real things. Mark, I think you have the most experience of everyone on the panel here when it comes to sharing your work in the physical space. Maybe you want to tell people about your experience with that. I share extensively uh, with prints and uh, shows, and that was my teaser. That's the thing that I was referencing at the beginning, because when I started 
doing the prints, um, doing the framing, doing the shows, it really altered the manner in which I was shooting and how I was thinking and, and I think improved my photography a lot when I started doing that. Um, and I don't, where do you want me to start? <laughs> well, okay, so right, so do you print your own stuff, or do you trust the lab okay. to do that? I do not print my own stuff. Um, use a couple different sources. So, um, and one of the things that I do is uh, at some of the shows that I do, I do small cards. Uh, so I'll do a four by six print, and I'll uh, adhere it to a. Uh, card a folding card and put that with an envelope and then put it inside a clear packet you might have seen something like that at art shows or gift shops or that kind of thing so so those are small prints of of my pictures um those four by sixes i just trust costco to do for me which is a local big box store here it's relatively inexpensive i can get a couple hour turnaround so i can upload the picture a lot of the files are already uploaded to to my uh, to my account, and I just make the order and go pick them up at my store that's 10 minutes away from me. Uh, the reason I do, I, I might be able to get better quality 4x6s doing a lab that I send away, but um, because I can do it so quickly and, and produce what I need, um, that's part of the re- It's just the convenience of that, and the quality is good enough, so I do that. Then um, my portfolio is on, I use Zenfolio for my portfolio and they are affiliated with a couple different uh pro labs uh the main one is mpix m-p-i-x and they do really good quality prints so any of my larger prints that i'm going to frame mat or frame i'll order through that um actually can i just stop you there yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna play Allison's role and say, okay, what's the sure. difference between a mat and a print? Or a mat and a um, frame? Yeah, so the frame is the wood and glass like you'd see the picture go into. The mat is the little paper border that goes between the glass and the picture, and it, and it oh, creates a border. cardboardy thing that you seem to always cut with a slight bevel. Yes, exactly. And when I do my show, well, all of my everything that I frame, I mat because mm-hmm. it 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 puts the uh, a couple different reasons. One is it looks really nice. The other reason is it actually puts the surface of the picture off of it puts a little air between the surface of the picture oh. and the glass, um, so that you don't ever have any kind of problem with fading or running or having the ink stick to the glass or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I assume if you have a really quality print, you're not going to have those problems, but I or think or I if read you never some... take it out of the glass ever. Yeah, I mean, I just think I read somewhere that it's good not to have the not to have the surface of the ink actually touching the surface of the glass. So the mat serves a functional purpose as well. But I also I also uh, put a lot of my pictures. I just mat them. I don't frame them, so I mat them and I put them in a little. Uh, again, a little cellophane wrapper and put those on a rack for people to purchase. It makes it a lot cheaper for them to get them than, than if I do it in a frame. It also so, means that if they have a different taste and frame than you, exactly. it's not going to hold them back from buying the picture. Exactly. Framing, so, it's, I mean, framing doesn't, it's nice to frame it for a show mm. um, and, and pick a frame that's uniform that you like that really highlights your work, but I've 
found that it's kind of hard to sell framed stuff. And part of it is if their taste is different than your taste, um, then you have that issue. So anyway, kind of backing up again. So if I'm going to do a print, I usually use MPix. Um, they can do a print, and if it's larger, they can even do the print on a uh, backing board so that so that it's actually thicker than a piece of photographic paper. It's actually connected oh, to a so, little piece. so a big print won't be all floppy. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it won't get, and it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't uh, get rolls. Uh, let's see, yes, what's the yeah. right wave? Like a, if if you yeah, look yeah, at yeah, you know, yeah, a big it's, a it's, big piece on a piece of paper will get kind of wavy behind the glass, and it won't be even. And if but if you put it on a piece of board, it keeps it nice and flat. So that's how I do those prints. And then um, I've been doing a lot more work, and I really like it. And, and it's probably where I'm going to do the majority of my printing for shows and sells, and it, sell, and it seems to sell well, is printing on canvas. Uh-huh. Um, and that, it prints on canvas, and then that canvas is stretched over a piece of wood that's three-quarters of an inch or something like that. I can't remember exactly um, and then you can either frame those or not frame them I've been doing some frames on those and they look really nice but it increases the price in- increases my cost um, and when I do canvas prints um, I use an online company uh, called CG Pro Prints and the reason why I had selected them is that the quality is really good. They're, the colors are really true. Um, it comes out really well. The The canvas is stretched and mounted very nicely. All the corners look good. It has a cardboard backing board so that it's solid in front and back. You're not looking at the back end of the canvas or a hole. Um, and probably the biggest reason why I use them is price is just it's an out, outstanding deal. They basically are selling at wholesale. That's they call it CG Pro Prints, and they they advertise themselves as being for the professional photographer. But there's no there's no test. <laughs> it doesn't they don't they don't ask you for you know there's no you don't have to prove that you're a pro, and you don't have to order huge quantities. I do you know I'll do. You know, I order them one at a time, and I maybe do five or six a year or something like something crazy like that. But um, so there's nothing like that, and the prices you just can't beat the prices. And believe me, I've shopped all over. Um, I'm going to stop you there for yeah. a second, Mark. Yeah, um, yeah and we, I see. We that. have a yeah. our panel has grown slightly. Um, Antonio, welcome aboard. Hey, Bart. Hey, thanks for having me at this late hour. Hey, no <laughs> Sorry to drop in. Real life always takes precedence over podcasting. We're delighted to have you for any amount of time. Thank you. Thank you. I was painting my uh, my porch. That's important, yeah. especially when it's not raining. It's. I know. I got away with it today. Not raining. So excellent. How are you? How are you guys? We're good. So we are. We've just sort of started on the discussion of uh, Mark. Is I, I, actually I didn't even ask Stefan. Stefan, have you shared any of your stuff physically? Uh, yes, I do sometimes. But, so you do uh, shows as well. Okay, so Mark was just explaining how he does his prints for his shows. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, so that's sort of where we are. Um, mm-hmm. So, Stefan, do you want to share? Just actually, before Mark, you, do you want to finish first? Yeah, I just want to finish a thought. Just be, yeah. and I and I just gave you a link. And if you don't mind, a little, I gave you a link that's a, an affiliate link for CG Pro Prints. And if any of our listeners uh, think they want to use 
the do the canvas prints. Uh, I use that affiliate link. They get a little bit of uh, savings on their first order, and in full disclosure, I get credit towards my account for future purchases. So. That's cool. I'll stick that in the show notes. Thanks. Uh, okay, so before actually before we move on, so you you edit your pictures on your computer, and then you trust someone on the other side of the internet to print them for you. Yes. How like what you see on your screen is what arrives through your letterbox? Um, simple answer, very close. Um, close enough that I'm satisfied with it. Um, with the uh, 4x6s, with Costco and MPix, they actually give you what are called printer profiles, and I can, t- I can put that into Lightroom, and I can get a proof so I can see what mm. it's going to look like printed, which is a big help. Um, to be honest, I'm not positive if the CG Pro Prints does that or not. I actually have to look and see if they do that. And the reason why I don't know is that the test prints I did came back so good that... I yeah it's as long as I as long as I know that my monitors calibrated and I like what I see I'm happy with it. I will say that the last photo the last one that I had them print came out um darker than it than than I wanted. Um but I contacted them, they looked at their file, they said yep it was our mistake. We'll send you another one. They sent it right out and it's and it was improved. So the customer service I've ordered uh, maybe a dozen from them, and they they all turned out great. And then this one was an oddity, and then their customer service was great. So, the answer to the simple answer to the question is I I do test prints. Uh, if I'm satisfied with with what I'm getting, um, then I'm confident and stay with them. I tried one canvas company and didn't like the product. The colors weren't true and things like that. So I just stopped ordering from them. Cool. And so when you say a test print, you send them off like a six by four or something small. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, so, Stefan, when you do shows, how do you how do you go about it? Well, normally I only share it with family. I don't do shows okay. or something. But so uh, most of the time, I, I uh, try try to print them myself. But uh, as you were uh, hinting, I noticed that uh, most of the times the colors uh, on on the print aren't exactly what I see on my screen. So they are most of the time a little bit more yellowy, and uh, which isn't as nice. Uh, I've also used uh, the traditional book printing or, or printing from within Aperture to send them to Apple or iPhoto, for example, to send them to Apple and uh, let them print it. And uh, I, I was quite happy with those results. Those uh, printed books look uh, look really nice. And uh, I noticed that in my family, uh, sharing images uh, through the Internet simply doesn't really work because then they have to go find them on on Flickr in the hierarchy I used and and they don't find the pictures yeah. back and, and and so they prefer something to 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 hold in their hands which is a a print a book and uh, lately also uh, on 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 our iPads in the family we have several iPads in the family so quickly sharing uh, a shared photo stream and they can uh, watch them on their own iPads uh, which is a lot easier than going to find them in my structure on on Flickr. Yeah. Now, Antonio, given that you're the only one of us here who butters our bread with photography, I'm guessing you've done an awful lot of stuff that's ended up in the physical realm. Yes, I've done uh, several shows, and um, I wanted to add something about the CG Go prints. I don't know if Mark talked about this, but as um, uh, I've used that several times to send clients. Um, canvases and the nice thing about that service at least here in the states is you can 
um, directly ship to your client through them. Oh, so um, you never have to waste your time repackaging it and sending it off. No, I and mean, once you get once you get the colors and your your once I get the colors and I'm satisfied with the quality with CG Go prints, then I'm very happy to like a client wants to order a print, mm. I will just drop ship it to them. And the nice thing about CG Go prints is they um, you know they handle PayPal payments and and whatnot. So the the whole process of actually getting a client. A print is very easy um, through them. I mean, I'm sure there's other hmm. services that do the same thing, but CG Go Prints also they they seem to be one of the least expensive um, canvas printing companies I found in the states. And so, you know, as a business, I like marking things up um, because I can. You know? Well, it's, if you don't mark it up, then you've just you're not much of a business, right? Right, right. So they're they're low cost, um, and I've you know I've had several. Clients were very happy with the quality from them. Um, I've seen some of their sample stuff. I haven't made anything for myself, but I have um, received some of their samples uh, of my own prints just to to uh, test them. And I was really happy with the construction of it and um, how they're put together and the, the general color of it. So, um, but generally, I've been. I usually do my own prints. Um, I have an Epson thirty eight hundred um, um, printer which is, I think, one of the best printers they've ever made. I think now the current version is a 3880. And it's a, you know, they call it a desktop printer, but it's kind of big. <laughs> it's, right. Okay, so a big desk. And yeah, so, it's not that big, but it's big. I mean, I have it on its own cart. And uh, I, I, I tend to print with that um, custom and stuff. And I'm guessing with fancy paper. Yeah, I use a print. I use a paper that's called, uh, more times than not, I use a print. A paper that Epson makes called ex- Exhibition Fiber Paper. It's kind of a heavier paper. It feels like um, old-style darkroom paper. Uh, it also has a nice gloss to it. It's not too shiny, but it's actual paper. It's not plastic. Right. Um, so it feels good. And, and you know, when you make these prints, you want them to because they become an object into, in the three-dimensional world. You want them to, you know, you want the whole experience to be nice. And I like the way the paper feels. I like the way the whole thing feels. The way it looks. The way it smells. I mean, there's everything about the the quality of it. So I, I print my own and then when I've done my own shows I've I've got a custom framer in my my neighborhood I use to to frame the frame the images. Um and the last big show I did was at the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens uh a few years ago now and uh I think I printed about I don't know about sixty prints uh with this printer both black and white and color prints. Um and then had them framed. It was a it was a great show. It was my own show. Oh, <laughs> so cool. it was a, yeah. It was me and actually it's not only my show. It was me and one of the original photographers from the Brooklyn Botanic Garden from the early 1900s and we sort of did a then and now kind of uh situation right. where I was photographing similar scenes that he had photographed way back when. And so I ended up printing his pictures in black and white. Um I did that for the garden uh for the show and then I printed mine in color. And we put them, we juxtaposed them next to each other. But the the framing was really nice. And I hang, I have some of those hanging on my wall right now. They're really a few pictures I I like to to keep for myself. But I like to do my own printing uh, for the most part for for certain sizes. Um, for smaller sizes, I tend to use service bureaus for printing. Now, I've never really done my own printing. Um, is that quite a time consuming consuming experience to, to sort of take that on yourself? Yeah. Um, Although it's less so once um, you get everything sort of calibrated. I know Stefan was talking about his pictures not coming out the way 
you know, the printer and the what he sees on the screen. I'm going to ask him if he's calibrated his monitor. I have stuff on. Have you calibrated your monitor? Well, the strange thing I noticed is, is that they look fine on my monitor. They look fine on the iPads. They look fine on other people's monitors. But I think my, my printer is just uh, way too old. It's, it's really? getting old. Yeah. 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 Maybe well, that, also, that yeah, yeah. Maybe also a combination of paper and and uh, and uh, and ink, uh, because I noticed with with very specific photo ink, it gets better, but uh, with a normal ink, it's it's yeah a bit more yellowish. So yeah, it's the color, not the dark. Yeah. It's, it's it's the color that you think is yeah. It's not it's the correct. color. Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of times prints will be a lot darker than what you see on the screen as well. That was. For me, that was the big learning experience, getting a bunch of stuff printed and having it, particularly black and white things I got printed that were coming out way too dark because obviously there's a light on the screen. <laughs> oh, we all well, have also- turned up very high. Like if you get a, a proper yeah. calibrator for your screen that calibrates the brightness as well as the color, like our screen mm-hmm. should be way darn low where no one uses yeah, their screen. Yeah. The, the, the other thing is that with prints, the inks tend to, you know, get absorbed in the papers a little bit. So I always find that when I print, I tend to lighten my pictures about 10 to 20% before I send them out to a printer. Because, oh, um, okay. uh, you know, the ink, you, again, it's it, well, also what Mark is saying is true. That we're looking at, you know, light coming at us and things are brighter. Um, but there's also about the, the ink density on paper. It tends to build and um, as usually as a print dries, it starts to get a little bit I think it gets darker when it dries. Right. So tends to, I tend to – the nice thing is that if – I mean those of us who use Lightroom, mm-hmm. um, for printing, you can – after you process your picture the way you want, when you go to print, there are features in Lightroom to lighten and change the contrast of the image as you send it to the printer. It doesn't affect the yeah, process. Well, Aperture file. has that too actually. You can have a gamma yeah. adjustment on the way out. Yeah, well, that's just a gamma adjustment. This one has got, you know, you have a brightness and a contrast adjustment. So it's, you, you're, you're adjusting two, two factors in the picture rather than just one. But it's the same thing, yes. You're, you're basically just doing something for the print process. And I'm guessing you figure out over time through trial and error what your printer and your monitor, what the, what the mix is. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's generally 12. Like on a brightness, I set it up a little bit high between 10 and 12. Again, I'll use my experience at looking at the picture itself mm. and say, you know, I can see that this is going to go. There's a lot of blacks in it. So it's going to go dark. So I'll lighten that up a lot more than if the picture doesn't have a lot of blacks in it because that means it won't get as much black ink. Um, right. So it's a matter of experience. But as you were asking before, yeah, I mean, once I set up the printer, like when I was doing that show, it was like the first bunch of prints. I was like, all right, it's not good. It's not good. Okay, finally I got it good. And then I just whipped through them. Of and course, it was, yeah, because it's the same paper, simple. the same ink, the same computer. So yeah, off. pretty much the same, you know, the, the quality of the pictures, especially my color pictures, are all had a certain quality. So I, I was able to, you know, like I printed all the color ones first and then I printed all the black and whites yeah. afterwards. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, it's that startup that becomes a little difficult. But once you start it up, it's like, you know. You're away. Um, yeah. And then there's all the, you know, maintenance in the printer. You've got to run the cleaning thing and stuff like that. It's also not a cheap pursuit, is it? I'm not sure you'd save that much money doing it yourself. Uh, Maybe you would if you do it big, big scale. I don't know. I, you know, this printer was was a kind of pricey printer, and the ink cartridges. If you were to replace all the ink cartridges in it at once, it would cost half the cost of this printer. I think it's yeah. like this printer was like twelve hundred dollars, and if you I think the the cartridges are about 
um, forty to sixty dollars each, depending on where you buy them, uh, and depending on the ink. You know, the black ones tend to cost a little more than the colors. But I found that a print a per print cost. It's actually a lot less than okay. than the smaller printers. So I don't know about the service bureaus. It might be faster or slower. I don't know. I like being able to you know be a photographer and sit there and look at my prints coming out of my you know printer. Um, it's not just about uh, you know convenience. I like I like the craft of it, you know. But that doesn't mean I don't sell pictures through service bureaus. I mean, like I can't print every single picture that somebody wants to buy yeah. from me. It's just too short. Now, before we get off the physical stuff, I just have another question. Right, I'm sort of asking this question from a very naive point of view, but I've never done a show. Um, I, I'm not sure how much opportunity there is in a small rural town in Ireland. I, how do like how does that work? So does someone just say I'm organizing a show? I'm looking for photographers, and then you what you bring along some stuff and hope you sell it, or like how does that hang together? Yeah, I I've done it a couple different ways. Um, so the first one I uh, back up. So I was I belonged to a uh, a group that gets together and goes out shooting and gets together for a lunch and maybe talks about it processing somebody does somebody is the trainer or whatever anyway so this group communicates with each other and somebody sent out an email and said hey you there's these there's a call for artists that's been published in Snohomish County that's where I live and um, the call for artists says hey we're we're gonna do a juried show here's the link uh, here's the rules for how you submit images uh, or artwork to be to be judged to, to decide whether or not we'll let you in the show. So that was the, my first experience was a juried show. And so, so juried means juried filtered means before the, showing. Yeah, there, there's a juror that goes through all the entries and says, this is in, this is in, this is out, this is in, right. etc. Um, so I So I did a juried show and got accepted and printed and framed and, and hung in that. That gave me sort of the bug, and I said, "Well, how do I do this more?" So then I joined an artists guild in my lo- in my local area, and they actually host some shows during the year. I think three or four. Two of those were uh, our shows, sort of similar to the jury show, which is it's a very small number. Maybe it's themed, so you'd put in one or two or three pictures or something like that, um, and maybe there's maybe there's a judge that gives ribbons or dollar awards or something like that and the usually at any of these shows the the pick the art can be purchased by the patrons the art guild that i belong to also does a show slash sale it's an arts and crafts uh sale for a month they rent a space during the month of uh the tulip festival in skagit county Ah, so you have a captive audience of tourists. Right. Yeah, and it, it's kind of turned into a uh, – there's a number of different art shows, I don't know, half a dozen or, or more in that particular area. So there's a bunch of art shows. There's the tulips, so you, and you get thousands and hundreds of thousands of tourists coming through. So, uh, And a lot of people come up for the art shows as well as the flowers. So that is a little bit different because that's not a juried show. That's more like a cell where I have a booth that's 10 by 10 and I hang a bunch of pictures. I ha- that's where I started doing like the cards or the smaller prints and things like that. So that's 
like what people might see if they go you know to a to a uh, arts and crafts fair at at the holidays or something where you know you have an artist in a booth with a lot of product available so those are kind of the three different things that I and, and then the other thing that I've done and I I've got a show coming in October uh I have a there's a restaurant in a local town that uh is going to give me the restaurant for the month I'm the featured artist for October and that'll be I don't know I'll I'll probably end up hanging a dozen or so pictures uh throughout their restaurant so that's a different type of thing and that I got that uh, through people telling me, oh, here's a place that does it. Here's the email. Here's the person who makes the decisions. Here's their email address. I contacted them. So th- those are the kinds of different shows that I've been involved with. Cool. Uh, Antonio, t- to get one all to yourself, what do you have to do? Uh, just be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get, you well, gotta no, be good, just, and you gotta get lucky. Is that it? No, I'm just remembering my last, my last show. I, uh, which is actually, um, um, it's part of a group show, and I got kind of by accident by bumping into a photographer who was, uh, um, curating a show that was is a slideshow though. Um, of photographers from Brooklyn, and it, um, I was trying to find the link for it. That's why it took me a second to get back on. Um, that's showing in Poland, or it showed in Poland, and now it's coming back to wow. Brooklyn in, in September. I guess slides are um, easier to ship than joint big prints. Yeah, well, you know, it's just you know emailing it. You know, it's, it becomes you know it's a, a show that they're displaying on the wall, so I don't have to print anything for it. But that one was sort of like uh, I met this photographer on this television show I'm working on, and we talked and we struck you know struck up a little mm-hmm. bit of a relationship, and he was like, "Hey, you want to be in the show?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I just happen to carry, you know, I have my iPad with me, so I'm showing him pictures, all my street photography. I'm showing him my street photography. He's like, this is great. Brooklyn? Yeah, it's all Brooklyn. So, But cool. um, I found, uh, you know, I, I sometimes scope out the places like the coffee shops and the the small venues. I've actually had a few shows in coffee shops. Um, and that's the kind of place, like, you go in and say, look, you know, um, I see you guys have a space, and I'd like to like to show my work with you. What do you think? You know, sort of being selling yourself a little bit. Um, so I've done that a few times, um, and the the part of being like uh, part of being a collective. There's um there's an organization in New York City called Soho Photo, and they're a collective, and you can join them, and. I think they're like a photographer's co-op and ah. part of joining, part of you, you pay a fee and you need to run the gallery once in a while as, you know, someone who sits there who, you know, make so you sure people time. come in. You give some time just like a co-op and then um, you you can get to be part of shows when they have the shows. Um, and I'm sure that there's a lot of those in, in more likely in urban places, but I would think any place that has a good art um uh, yeah, so when you following, have a, yeah. a city where you have more of a collection of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, a place like Santa Fe would probably have, I mean, Santa Fe is not as big as New York, but it's a very big art community. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of places not as big as New York. <laughs> yes, well, yes. There are places. And I, I, don't think, I don't think you have to be in a, in a particularly artsy place. I mean, uh, in, my, in this area, I know immediately of... Uh, three or four different guilds all in the their art guilds all in my immediate area and 
while I think the community likes to think of itself as an art community, but I don't think there's anything special about where we are. So I think you just have to look for it. Look for look for art guilds, not even necessarily for photographers. Um, my the guild that I belong to, they there's painters and so forth. Um, and the other thing, uh, the I did the other part I didn't answer your question, Bart. You said how do you get into those shows? I mentioned it at the beginning. They'll a call for artists is what it's called. Um, but, you know, just get on the internet, look for calls for artists, maybe in your county or in your local area or whatever. And you'll, and a lot of times you'll find these different, whether it's a gallery or an art guild or, or an art, art association in a city or something, you'll, you'll find the art shows that are going on and they'll, and then follow the links and they'll tell you how to enter. It's usually, and then, it, I, I guess there is sort of an, the upfront investment then is that you have to, pay to print all of your stuff yeah usually most of them that i've done there's usually a a relatively small entry fee i think maybe i pay 15 you know there, there's money involved you mm. the, you pay an entry fee i think it's like 15 dollars or something sometimes uh, so you know if you if you enter uh, give them three pictures and you don't get any in then you've you know you've lost that money yeah um but then once you get a, once you get into a show you then there's obviously the investment in getting it printed and framed or whatever you're going to do with it. So there is there's there's an investment involved. It's it's not going to be for everybody, um, but that's how you do it, and I really enjoy it. So cool. Actually, I do want to move us in into the digital area because myself and Stefan are being a little quiet on this bit. But I do have <laughs> one more thing I just want to raise. So I know that the last time I was talking to you about this kind of stuff, Mark, you were doing postcards for the Twin Lakes area. Oh, yes. Is that still a go? I still do. Yep, I still do that. Um, and that's that. Actually, actually, I guess that was the, my first venture into commercialism. I uh, there's two resorts in the Twin Lakes area, and uh, I was taking a lot of pictures of the Twin Lakes, and I printed some up and took them in and said, do you like these? Can I sell here? And one of the ladies said, well, if you did those as postcards, I know we'd sell a lot of them. So I went online and, and found a company uh, that uh, that does it. I, the company I use is called Overnight Prints. I'll, I'll look up a link and give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they the reason why I selected them was that they were relatively inexpensive, but they would also let me do small quantities, like 25 or 50 at a time as opposed to hundreds at a time. Which again, um, and I, investment point of view, that's a much easier ex- thing to do. Exactly, and and I, I I print up a bunch of postcards at the beginning of every year, and I take them over and and sell them. Not making a ton of money on that, but it's nice to have my work in the store. It's fun to walk in and see people ruffling through my postcards and maybe buying one or two or something. As, as long it, as they're it, not saying it, horrible things. Exactly. Oh my God! I can't believe this is a, who took this. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of fun to to have them there and have them available. So cool. yeah. Okay. Now before we go into the the digital way of sharing, which obviously has much less of an investment, I just actually want to take a step sort of back and I want to jump on a little soapbox for a minute because I think and I'm hoping people agree. Well, we'll see if people agree that probably the single most important skill you have to learn when you're finished learning how to take the picture and edit the picture is the ability to honestly evaluate your work and edit it down to the actual genuine gems and not to be pestering your family with 50 shots of the same thing only very slightly differently you sort of have to learn to say no you're just not as good and i'm going to throw you away even though you're my my picture is is do other people share that or is that just my little hobby horse no definitely if uh, like like we went on holidays uh, to gran canaria this year 
And uh, I think I didn't shoot all that many pictures, but I came home with 500 uh, uh, pictures. And I think about 95 of them made it to the shared uh, photo stream in, in the family. So I did get rid of a lot of them. Uh, all, I always do. Some might not be uh, uh, in focus, which we, you won't see on the, on the back of the camera uh, because they are slightly out of focus. The eyes are not really in focus. And when you look at them on a big screen at home, you immediately notice that yeah, this isn't good enough to, to show to other people. Although my wife, always, my wife always says that they are good enough for us. <laughs> uh, they want to see them, but uh, for me it's like... yeah. I don't know how to to tell it. I'm maybe a little bit too perfectionist. Then I want them to be as good as possible. Not um, not, not that I am a, a professional photographer, but still, if it's slightly off focus, I I would prefer not to show it. I I've never found that I've always found it easy to just dump the stuff that's not technically perfect. Where I find that very difficult is to sort of force myself to say, look, these may be technically correct, but only one of these two is going onto your Flickr stream because they're too similar. Now you have to decide which one is best, and I find that very hard. Yeah, yeah. Although practice does help. Actually, as does distance. You know, if if you shot something in June, you can be much more honest with it. It's nice to wait for a little while and look at the pictures. It's also nice to have a group of friends that you could sort of uh, refer to and ask them what they think about the pictures, having sort of a critique and stuff like that. And, you know, you could take their advice and not necessarily, well, I like this picture and these guys don't, but I really like it. I'm going to show it anyway, you know. Um, But it's nice to have that outside point of view. I mean, I'm in the photo industry, so I've got a lot of friends who are photographers and who look at pictures for a living. And I also myself was a photo editor for a while. So I think I'm pretty good at sort of self-editing my shots. But sometimes I get into that, you know, well, you know, I like this one and I like that one and they're both kind of similar. (laughs) I want to look at them both, you know. Um, But, you know, that idea of being, I mean, that's for anything. Anytime you're doing any of your picture editing, it's, it's, it's nice to be a little ruthless. Um, uh, and, and these days, you know, you've got all the pictures in front of you. So it's not like you have to, you know, before when you had to print the pictures with negatives, like you'd have to go, okay, either this one or this one. And, you know, because I had to go through a lot of work to make the print. But now you can just say, well, I'll put these two up in Lightroom and we'll be right next to each other. And what's the big deal? I can look at them. But Well, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't mind keeping stuff. It's, I just, I feel like if I want people to look at my stuff... If I go and share 50 pictures, I'll get, like, five people who look. But if I share five pictures, I get 100 people who look. Because looking at five is not asking for a lot. Whereas looking, Making your viewer sift through and pick out the best is probably a sign that I'm not doing my job. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I used to work at a photo agency, we had to pick... We Photographers would submit thousands of slides, transparencies, physical mm-hmm. film. And we had to go through them and figure out which ones were technically bad, so we'd throw them out. And then we'd have to take a certain amount of like what we thought were the best pictures of the group, sort of the we called them the core selection. And we ended up uh physically duplicating them. Um but those would be like the core of the company's library. So what they tended to be was about one to two percent of a photographer's submission were pictures that were like, these are the ones. Right. And so I I sort of go by that in my brain. It's like if I take 100 pictures, 1% to 2% of those pictures are going to be the ones that are really good. Um, and I, I sort of keep that in the back of my mind. I mean sometimes a little bit more and sometimes there's nothing, you know. 
But yeah, I mean, you can have an exceptional situation. Like I, I, I remember being out one day and the light was just exceptionally fantastic, like it hadn't been ever before. Yeah. And and that day, my percentage of keepers was way above average. But you know, yeah. nature nature played ball. But you want to you want to have sort of a baseline. Yeah. You know, it's, like it's hard to like you're sitting there by yourself with a blank canvas. Like, what do I do? What am I looking for? I don't know what to do. If you go like if you say, well, look, you know, I want to see if I can come up with five percent. You know, if I shoot 100 pictures, if I can get five really, really good ones and, and not throw the rest away, but just say these are the five that sort of sum up this hundred that I shot, you know, that might be a good baseline. And of course, she said, like you're saying, the light might have been great that day. So I might have 15 shots. Right. But you're not going to have 100 pictures. Right. Yeah. You're not going to look and say every single one of these shots today was perfect. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, unless, well, you, unless, unless you, you know you're shooting on film and you're being like you know half an hour of work to pick it. Maybe, know, to, maybe. To line up, maybe. Yeah, well, Antonio, speak for yourself. All of my pictures, <laughs> all of my pictures are good. I speak for all photographers. <laughs> Everybody is oh, like, oh dear. It's just, it's just you know, you, you again, it's not. There's no fast, uh, hard rules about it. You can like and keep as many pictures as you want, but just having that sort of having something in your mind about like, well, you know. There's, you know, I can't show all these, um, you know, if I shot, if I showed five, um, let's see if it's a hundred pictures and if I showed 20%, that's 20 pictures. Is someone going to spend, and I've got a hundred pictures from today and a hundred pictures from yesterday hmm. and the day before. So if I save 20 pictures for me, it's 20, 40, 60. And what Bart, what you were saying is like, who's got the time? Who's going to look through 60 pictures, you know? Yeah. Um, so again, keeping, keeping your audience in mind, you know, keeping the, everybody's got time and where everybody's. Their time is being – everybody's attention is being pulled in 40 different directions. Um, I, I just know that if I show up on someone's Flickr stream, let's say someone's left me a nice comment and I click on their stream to go have a look at their stuff. And if I see the first three rows are almost the same shot, I'm gone. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm not – it's not my job to pick your best photos. You should have done that is my perhaps you know, and, over and the top I, logic. But. I agree with you, Bart. But I also think uh, – Kind of going by what Antonio said and Stefan said, there's it's sort of for me it's circum it's based on the circumstances. Yeah. So for instance, uh, so I'll go up, if I'm shooting for uh, myself as far as like landscapes or wildlife or whatever, um, and it, it's when I said at the beginning that the way I share and what I share has changed my photography. When I'm doing those, um, then I'm being really really picky i am going to be really selective about the images that i spend much time on because i'm thinking in terms of uh, i may want to print this i may want to put it big on a canvas i want i want people to reach into their pocket and spend money on my work so i'm going to be really selective uh as far as editing that down and throwing away a large quantity of pictures and and only keeping the very gems the flip side of and 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 so that's it. That's as far as editing and processing. I'm going to be real selective, and then I'm also going to be selective about where I put those because those pictures are the ones that I'm going to be putting on my portfolio. So the number of pictures at Twin Lakes Images is really tiny because I'm trying to just put what I think is my very best work or, or my, very, my most representative work there so that if somebody takes the time to go to my website, they're not, I'm not going to force them to edit. I'm going to let them see my best work. Um, 
but on Flickr, I'm going to be or I'm going to be a little bit more liberal because maybe I'm going to put a picture up there that isn't a great picture. Maybe I'm not ever going to print it or try to sell it, but I think it's interesting um, because of where I was or the story behind how I got it. And I want my friends on Flickr to look at it and and be interested in the photography or the or the experience. Instagram, you know, I'm going to put I'm going to be way less or way more liberal because that's a different thing. Um, the flip side then is when I'm taking pictures, say, of my family or my grandson or something, um, way more of those pictures are keepers. <laughs> even if, even if the, I, you know, I, I couldn't be a professional portrait photographer and go to my, go to my client, you know, my son, my client, and say, here's 10 pictures I want you to buy. Instead, what I might say is, Here's 10 that I could try to sell you if I was a professional photographer, but here's 20 that I think show you or your child uh, that I want to share with my family. So I'm going to, on Facebook or whatever, I'm going to put a lot more pictures up and do a lot less editing because there's a lot more keepers that in, because what I'm showing, what I'm, what my aim is. So I think it's circumstantial. It depends on what you're trying to do. So the venue very, very much dictates what you share. For me, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to... Which is perhaps... Okay, no, go on, Antonio. No, I was going to add about, the, you know, Facebook. If you go to my Facebook page now, I've got a whole chunk of pictures that I shot during a parade in Coney Island in June, uh, which I mainly put up for a friend because um, it was the best way for us to share the pictures. I mean, if you go through my... You know, if you were to come onto my photo stream and you see, you know, I got street shot, street shot, street shot, and then like 70 shots of the mermaid parade you're gonna say oh like you're gonna say what you said bart you know like why do i want to look through all this stuff but you know i i was trying to figure out well how am i going to share these with all these people very easily and you know Flickr being Flickr, it was the easiest way to do it um and i kind of wish i could get those off of my like main photo stream and just have them into a separate gallery i haven't figured out Flickr entirely yet but i wouldn't judge everybody by their you know by what they're putting up on Flickr because everybody's using it in a different way just yeah, like I guess you know. I, I would sort of say that maybe Flickr, maybe Facebook is more of a better place for that kind of stuff because Flickr is very much designed to be a photo blog. So that you know, the, you can add well, extra no, structure, a, but the I, main structure of Flickr is this stream. That yeah, I don't, by. I don't agree um, because okay. mainly, uh, if that was the case, I don't know why Flickr would give you so much storage space. I mean, they are. If it was just for a photo blog, I don't think they would give you a terabyte of storage. Um, well, I think yeah. they want you to store everything there. And I, I also use it just because it's very easy to embed Flickr images in all sorts of different places. So if yes. I want someone to – like these pictures of the parade, I'm sort of giving them away to the people that I was shooting them for. I'd like them to do whatever they want with them, but you can't do that from Facebook. Facebook is like all the pictures get loaded up to them and you're under their terms of service. Whereas Flickr, I have some control over the – the copyright and the way pictures are sized and if they can be downloaded and X, Y, and Z. And yeah. so Flickr's, I don't think, is just for a blog. I think it's a real photo sharing okay. service. I just think they could implement things a little bit better because I would like to have taken those off. My, like if I had a portfolio mm. stream or something like that, where like these are the these are the ones that I want to just show Bart and this is my blog, you know, my my photo blog. But unfortunately, the way Flickr is, it's like it's a dumping ground. So you have to see everything I've put there unless I put restrictions on it, which I don't want to do. So, Yeah, it would have been a lot easier if you could uh, indicate, uh, uh, like, I want this, uh, these uh, 10 images 
to be always at the top of my photo stream because I'm in the same boat. I always uh, I used to put every picture I make on on, on Flickr, even uh, pictures we we take for our tech blog. So that might be twenty twenty shots of a, a specific headset, and and of course I don't want them to to be uh, in my best shots, but I have to put them there because it's easier to share on our blog and easier to share with other people and then. So it would have been a lot easier if you could make a Flickr uh, show only your your own favorite shots in the top part of the screen and the rest uh, below maybe. Yeah, I think there's a there's a definite shortcoming of Flickr. Yeah. And I th- and I think because of that that's when 500 pixels PX mm-hmm. yeah. came to um pass. It's like you know, that is to me if you just look at it. I mean there are people who post up tons of pictures on on that, but there's this sort of you know grading scale on the images, and some of them tend to you know people want to get good ratings on it. So like on 500 pics, I put like you know I don't put uh, you know the shots of the parade on there. I'm putting my portfolio shots. And on that's there. almost a cultural thing that uh, 500px tries to sort of imbue in their users. You know, they're trying to say 500px is for the creme de la creme. This is your your finest work, not your everything. And, you know, they seem to be trying to embed that culture into their site. Yeah, and I think it's succeeding. I mean, they've they've yeah. seemed to get a foothold, and uh, I go back and forth whether or not I like them. I mean, I like the way they display pictures. I, part of me looks at it, and this is just a rant. So yeah, you know, go on. I can go on in a second, but it's like I think it's a, a site that are, is for photographers to look at. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily for clients or families like that. I think it's people who are making pictures to show other photographers, and this is just my bias and stuff like but that. But you know, you know I, I think you're right, but I don't think that's a bad thing about it. I think that's just the niche well, it fills. Well, no, I think it. I the the bad thing that, and I hate saying a bad thing. I don't want to be judgmental about it, but I think what I'm seeing, or at least what I perceive, is that it's becoming a little inbred. Um, ah. People are looking at pictures like, "Oh, look at that waterfall!" and it's a slow, you know, it's a slow shutter speed waterfall. I'm going to make a waterfall like that. And then someone goes on and does that, and someone looks at that picture and says, "That's a good one." I'm gonna, you know, and so I think what I start, what I start to see, it like the overall trend, and I'm, you know, I could be part of that too. And I see a picture of some clouds. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do a shot of clouds. That's a great idea," and I'm gonna post that. Um, I, I think that it becomes this sort of little closed circle, you know, ecosystem of photographers taking pictures to show other photographers. Um, which is not well, necessarily say, a bad I, I thing. I quite like that, right? Because one of the things I seek out very actively on Flickr is communities of people whose opinion I value. Because um, it's very hard to get opinion. You know, everyone will give you an opinion, but not all opinions are worth the same. And <laughs> you need to be very careful not to let the wrong people tell you what to do. If that, yeah. I'm not sure I'm saying it very well, but... You know, I, I I try to find places that attract the kind of people whose opinion I value. I hear what you're saying, and and again, this goes back to what I was saying before about having friends or outsiders to be able to look at your pictures. I mean, it's one thing for the three of us, four of us, to share our pictures and look at each other. And we're like, great, great, but we're this little world, and you know, part of being a photographer thing is showing our pictures to other people other than other photographers, and to have that, like, you know, what is that outside person? think about and are they um it's skilled at looking at i mean there's a whole, i don't know it's a whole that might be a whole nother podcast i think in well, fact, but i think i think be. we've had this i think we've had this conversation a little bit i don't remember the episode but we we talked we were it's the conversation i think we were talking about getting critiques 
And whether you, I think whether that was on Victor's that, show actually many years ago. Oh, <laughs> I, I could be misremembering everything, but I, I, what I wanted to say from what Antonio was saying and Bart, to you too, is for me, uh, I think that 500px does a good job as far as uh, I think they really have, at least for me, they cause me to only put my very best and maybe not the same things that I put on Flickr. But Flickr still has, I think, a better community. You tend to have more people willing to take a second and make some comments. Um, on 500px, it's mostly people viewing and faving for the votes, um, but you don't necessarily get any any kind of useful feedback. So, I, again, so it's I becoming think it is, a game. It's almost being gamified that people are just trying yeah. to get their picture ranked as highly as possible. I, I'd agree I, with that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think that's why they're also, you know, pictures are starting to look like other pictures. Like, well, you know, this guy's waterfall picture got, you know, it's it's popular and it's got a vote of 92. And so that's what I want. And, and so I'm going to duplicate that. I mean, so, yeah, I agree with you, Mark. I mean, the, although I think Flickr... Um, has a, not a very good way of like managing how to interact with other people. I think it's just yeah, really clumsy. Yeah, I, you know? I think if Flickr is I a good place on. despite how it's created. I, it, the it's problem is like none of them is perfect. The, each one of them is has it's. I I can't figure out why I'm putting something on 500 px because I'm not sure who's looking at it and getting the getting the favorites or having it be ranked is not necessarily important on on Flickr sometimes you just get useless comments or the the group if you put it in a group but they have the group comment thing well that's not a comment that's just a a an, a, an award badge kind of thing that's not useful so it it just depends on what you're trying to get out of what you're sharing and picking the service that fits best for you uh, that's why I'm 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 a little bit more. I'm starting to my best photos. I'll put on my portfolio page or on my web page and share out that link by itself. Hopefully, bringing I'd like to encourage people to look at my website as opposed to my Flickr stream or something like that or 500px. So I, I guess it just depends on what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish in your sharing. Antonio, I used to share, Antonio, sorry, uh, Stefan, you had something there? Yeah, I used to share all my pictures uh, through Flickr with the family, but uh, I've noticed that it's, uh, although it's easy for me to put them in an album or uh, on Flickr and to send, send out a, a specific link to go look at, uh, for example, the pictures from uh, from the baptism of, of my cousin, uh, I can send out that link to people, but two weeks later, they can't find it back. They can't find back the email and they can't, they can't find back uh, the, the images on Flickr neither. For some reason, I might have uh, put them in an album somewhere in a structure I'm, I've been used to, but uh, they never seem to be able to find them back afterwards. And for that uh, reason, I, I've somehow stopped using Flickr to share uh, pictures with family because it's just just too difficult for them. Well, well new uh, Flickr doesn't... I mean, in old Flickr, you, your albums had equal weighting on your front page if you yeah. chose to have them there. But new Flickr, it's all about the now, 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 now. It, it, it's almost like Twitter for photographers, the, mm-hmm. the way they have it set up now. An easier way I, I have found is, is lately I, I, uh, I've been using the, uh, how do they call it, the, the shared photo streams from uh, iCloud, which is a lot easier. You send out the, the, the link, they push the button, the images get downloaded to their iPads or, or their Mac, 
and uh, they have the images at all time on their devices so they can show them to other family members who don't have internet or don't have a computer or don't have a tablet which is a, a lot a lot easier so it's, it's a lot more sharing as well because they have them yeah 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 they have them and then that's one of the reasons why uh, I, I've somehow, yeah, I share less uh, family pictures online because they always want to have them in their hands for some specific. I don't know why, but they want to have the the images in their hands, and uh, with with the tablets or the iPads or the the Android tablets as well, you can have the the images downloaded on your device, and they have the same. Uh, uh, emotional attachment as, as as navigating through a uh, physical album, a paper book with with pictures. It's a lot different than uh, watching them uh, online on a, on a computer because then they have to move to the to the room where the computer is, and and you can only sit uh, one guy in a chair there. The other has to stand up and and watch the pictures and clicking one by one. It's not the same. I don't know. It's a, it's it's different and different uh, experience watching your images on Flickr than. Uh, being able to swipe through them on on a on a tablet, for example, because then they can view at their pace. Yeah, I suppose in the past, isn't that how we always shared? You know, you'd have a stack of photographs and they'd sort of make their way around the room, and everyone would look at the ones they were interested in, and then pass the parcel on. Yeah, mm, interesting. Or we'd have this dreaded slideshows from the uncle who came. Oh, back yeah. from this trip, <laughs> and he's like got three trays worth of slides, and he clicked <laughs> through each one. But that's <laughs> sort of the analog, right, of the whole now huddle around the computer, everyone, and I'm going to click next, and I'm going to yeah. make you look at my head blocking 20 different views. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that was hilarious, because the kind of people who made you do that were all the kind of people who took 80% of every shot was their head. <laughs> like, I can see it, it's right in front of me. Anyway, um, okay, so... I'm just wondering, actually, I just noticed we've just, we're about at the hour mark. I'm, wond- I'm wondering where we want to take this conversation because there's about a million places it could go and every one of them is probably an hour, half an hour long. So maybe I should save up my other ideas for a future show. Yeah, why not? Why not? Because I, <laughs> I have in my notes to myself the eternal watermarking debate question mark. I somehow don't no. think that's a five-minute discussion. No, that, but, but we can make that short. <laughs> well... I think, the, I think there's a constructive conversation to be had there, despite the fact that a lot of people have a tear-your-head-off rea- reaction to those kind of things on both sides of that argument. But I think there's actually a useful discussion to be had. But I don't yeah, think we is. can do it in two minutes. Yeah, and as we further get along in time, that's going to be probably a moot issue anyway, as people can remove watermarks and yeah, as such. So, but, uh, and then there's legal things about that as well. But I think we'd better keep that for, for another day, because I had... Uh, some experiences with uh, people cutting off watermarks. I mean, not not really watermarks, but yeah, Creative Commons things, banners, and and reusing them. So maybe it's better to save that. I think that, I think there's a, well, there's a lot of discussion around that. On, mm-hmm. Indeed. Um. So yeah. Well, actually, right, so we just sort of finish up. So all of us are on Flickr, but you know, what else do we have we decided to do or not to do? Um, Antonio, or actually, we'll go, start with Stefan. So you're on Flickr, I know you're on Flickr, but what else do you do online? Uh, uh, related to photo- photography. Mm, well, yeah, not, uh, not everything. Well, yeah. I, I do also uh, take a lot of uh, pictures with my, with my smartphone from day-to-day ding- things or, or uh, new brands of beer or whiskeys and, and those go on uh, onto Instagram and they also get uh, propagated to Flickr. Uh, other than that, I think uh, I'm just on, on Flickr and uh, 
So Flickr and Instagram are your, yeah. your sharing techniques. Yeah. And now I don't do the Instagram thing, but I, I get the impression it's quite a different sort of style of community to Flickr. It's yeah, it's different. It's a uh, well, you get less less um, uh, reaction to uh, to. Uh, for example, that there aren't a lot of people who will say, "Oh, this is a great shot," but they will comment on, "Yeah, I have that same whiskey in my cabinet." For example, it's a different approach. It's not really for for. Uh, uh, I get a lot less uh, critique about my images, and I get a lot more critique about the things in the images and themselves. I I think I think Instagram, at least for me and and a lot of the people I follow, Instagram tends to be more like Twitter for photography. It is, mm-hmm. what am I doing right now? What am I? Here's an interesting sign, or here's an interesting person, or here's something that I see. Uh, my, you know, I tend to maybe lean a little bit more towards photography. I'll, you know, post an, uh, an image that I think looks nice, but maybe isn't quite what I would be, you know, it's not something that I'm going to turn into a print or put on Flickr or something. So I tend to use it more as a social site. I know that there are, there's some very serious photographers that, that put up really high quality images um, and use it as a photography site. I know uh, Antonio sort of just started leaning that way with a lot of his street photography. So, and I don't want to speak for Antonio, so I'll let him answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had uh, uh, joined Instagram a long time ago, and then I dropped off pretty much after they got purchased by Facebook and changed their terms of service and. Had a big photographer hissy fit about it, and just recently, um, actually, it was after Photo Shelter had published uh, a document about photography and um, photographers in Instagram, and I read it, and it gave me some food for thought hmm. about what they're doing. And I won't get into the details about it, but but that and just a few other of my own personal reasons that about promoting myself as a photographer, I decided to go back onto Instagram. Uh, and use it mainly to share the pretty much the same pictures that I put on Flickr um, and on my website. Uh, a lot of my street photography, um, because uh, my, my 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 goals are sort of to share my work in, in, in as many places as possible. And Insta, you know, everybody that I'm working with now, I'm like, are you on Instagram? Are you on Instagram? No, I'm not on Instagram because I, you know, got off of it. And I'm like, why are you on Instagram? Instagram. It's like, okay. <laughs> Okay, I guess I'll the message will be there. I'll go back on. I, I, I found myself more limited by not being on it, even though I'm not – although it's changed. You know, when it first came mm. on, it was like, you know, I looked at the popular page and it was pictures of teenage girls' toenails. And I was like, how many of these pictures can I look at? And, and, and since then, I've noticed it hasn't been that way, although it's – you know, I, I tend to follow other photographers on there. And the photography that I'm seeing – is less of what Mark is talking about in terms of, although I do follow Mark, but it, I, um, it's less of the, this is what I'm doing, the, the Twitter stuff, and this is like, here's a really good picture. Um, so well, it's, it, it's a matter of who you're following and what It is share. who I'm following, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so, I have a lot more people who, I mean, I'm following a lot of photographers. I look at this stuff and I'm like, yes, I want to see more of this person's pictures because they're really good. Uh, and less of like, well, I want to know what this person is doing on a day-to-day basis. Um, so very much so, in the same way that you know you have people who say oh I wouldn't be on on Twitter because it's just people talking about their lunch and I'm like no 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 Twitter is who you decide to follow if you're interested in people's lunch you follow those kind of people yeah if you're yeah. interested in you know journalism you follow journalists if you're interested in science follow scientists 
I mean, so there's no such thing as what is Twitter. Well, Twitter is what you make it, and I guess Instagram is the, the photo equivalent of that. Yeah, yeah. That's what it, I agree. Instagram is a little bit more uh, interest-centered. Uh, like, for example, I have a, a big interest in everything related to whiskeys and everything related to, uh, let's say, uh, uh, aerial photography. So I will be following people who post pictures like that, and I will see a lot of those, of course. Yeah, something that sorry. hasn't gotten mentioned that I was I sort of expected to organically show up, but apparently G plus is where all the photographers hang out, or so the internet tells me. Well, I was wondering if if any of you uh, have been using uh, Google Plus for uh, sharing photos, images. I know Marcus uh, is quite active on. on I'm Google very plus. active on Google Plus. Yeah, very active on Google Plus, and and pretty much. All I do on Google Plus is photography, and most of the people that I follow or are in groups or the circles with are photographers or special groups of photographers or types of photography. Uh, very active community. It's you get out of it what you put into it, though. Um, if you circle people up and comment on theirs, they, you will find that uh, they are likely to give you comments back, but. Very active community for for sharing uh, photography. I find I kind of compare Flickr and Google Plus, and I use them kind of the same way. The the pictures that I'm going to post are generally the same type of pictures on Flickr and and on Google Plus. So wider than you know a wider group of photographs than what I'm going to put on my own web page try to have them be quality photos or some story behind them or some, for some particular photography-related reason to share them out. But it's a very active community, and I, I actually really enjoy Google Plus for, for showing out um, pictures. They keep changing the format and things like that, like what Flickr's doing. You know, they keep tweaking and changing, and that's kind of hard to keep up with. Um, but I, I enjoy the community and, and like what we've said on on Flickr or Twitter or any of it, it is what you make of it. You have you know you can be overwhelmed with the stream, and that's the one thing I don't like about it is that uh, when you walk away, you're not seeing what's coming through. <laughs> it just it's a constant flow, and you can miss huge chunks. And it's a little bit harder to share that way. So people aren't likely to come to my spot and look at the pictures I've done. If they if they weren't looking at their screen when I posted it, they may not see what I posted. Whereas on Flickr, if it's in a group, it may more likely be seen even though I posted it yesterday. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Google a, Plus would... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Google Plus is... I mean, I have a... I'm not as active on it as Mark is, and I've sort of dabbled in it. But it certainly wouldn't be the place that I would share pictures to show family and stuff like that. I think the 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 user experience is more frustrating than I mean, I than any of the other services. Um, and yeah. so it wouldn't be the place where I would put up my family pictures and show it. It'd certainly be kind of like like 500 pixels type thing. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. as you know elite pictures, but certainly like community wise, where you might want to get. Uh, or sorry, more like Flickr, where you might want to get that um, interaction between other people who share Total, the same interests. Totally agree. Totally agree. But I, I don't. I'm in, I, sorry. I was going to add. I was going. I, I the jury's still out on on Google Plus in general. 
and whether it just becomes something for photography, which it seems like it is. And I know I just heard that didn't they just separate their? Um, aren't they going to be separating their app, um, their photography app from Google Plus? There's something that's going on with them. And the, yeah, I haven't the app. heard, but I. I haven't heard there's, anything. I there's something know. in the past two, two, three weeks that they've done that they're going to separate their app. They're, they're going to create a photo app specifically different than Google+. And I'm not sure what that means. But, but my thing about that is that the way Google is, you know, like, well, we've got this great thing and we love it. And all of a sudden, you know, you don't hear about it one day. And it's gone. And, uh, and, it's gone. and so uh, I'm not sure that's affecting how me, but like uh, I don't know. It just worries me a little bit that that you know one day they could decide to pull the plug on it, um, like yeah. they do with a lot of their other services. So, I think sort of actually, actually, Stefan, you want to jump in there? Sorry. Yeah, I was. Uh, the only thing I'm missing is is uh, one tool which would allow me to uh, share my images on 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 all those websites because right now you have to use the tool. Uh, one tool to upload to Facebook, one tool for Flickr, and then another one for uh, for Google Plus. It would be a lot easier if you had one single export tool and where you could uh, check a box. Yes, put it on Flickr. Yes, put it on Google Plus. Yes, put it on Instagram. And no, don't put it on uh, uh, 500px, for example, because now uh-huh. you spend too much time switching between tools and and and, and uploaders, and and it's just a hassle. I'll respond to that though. I do it all through Lightroom. Uh, I am able to do. Uh, I'm able to publish to my portfolio 500px Flickr, uh, Facebook, whether it's my personal page or my or my fan page, um, and to Google Plus. I can do that all from the pub through the publish uh, module um, in Lightroom. Uh, some of those are built into Lightroom, and some of them are plugins that I've picked up off the internet and Mm -hmm. usually you have to make a small donation or or pay for them some of them but usually not a lot and i can do it all from lightroom and it's yeah but it's uh it's probably in five different goes it's what it's it's it's, uh you have to do one export for Flickr, one uh one uh share for Flickr, one share i'm not gonna well i don't i mean i don't push it, it all i do is i i drag the image into the publish spot. It's just, it's a left hand, it's like a folder, you know, if you're talking about Finder or whatever, it's like a folder in the left hand margin. I just drag the picture over into the, into the uh, folder that I want on Google Plus or Facebook or 500px or whatever. I just drag it over, push the pub- publish button and it publishes. But and, do you have to that, do that for, uh, for the different websites? Individually, well, yeah, or but, is it but it's in one super go? Easy, but it's super easy. Let's say I'm yeah, doing it to five. Let's say I'm doing it to five places. So I drag and drop it five times, which is a simple. You know, you're moving it one inch on the screen, <laughs> and you push and you push the publish button five times. It's not, it's not a big deal. You're not using five different services. It's all Lightroom is doing it all. You're yeah, not. but you can do the same thing in, in Aperture, but it's it's five exports. You have to uh, to publish them five but, times. But what's the problem with that? Well, it's, it's time, and that? it's quite stupid if you had one export and put it on five different well, websites. I mean, it, well, yeah, and I, I know what you're saying, Stefan. It's like at some point we hopefully will have an app where you have your picture and you'll have 
a bunch of little toggles underneath it, and you can click, click, mm-hmm. click, click, and then just hit, you know, right. I mean, I, right now, that's all we have. We have dragging it. Actually, Lightroom, I think, is the best option for doing that. Um, yeah, just treat it because, like, like any other album and just drag and drop. Maybe. Yeah, but it is, it is like, yeah, I got to drag this picture to this one, and I got to drag it to this one. Um, and yeah, maybe at some point in the future, uh, they'll have a different type of plug-in structure where the plugins will be little toggle marks on well, the bottom and there- of the picture. There's a there's a service. Remember, I shared this out. It's called Photostat, F O T O S T A T, and it's a service that you can set up, and it'll share to all your different sites. They charge you a fee. I don't use it. I'm not recommending it. Uh, I, I'm not not recommending it. I don't use it. It didn't to me. It wasn't worth the amount of money because it's just as easy for me to push the button five times as it is to pay somebody else to do it. Um, but there are services out there that'll do that for you and share it in multiple places. Um, so it's not an impossible thing to do. You just have to decide whether it's worth it to you. And can I, can I recommend uh, something? I do mm-hmm. some processing uh, of pictures on my iPad and my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use an app that's called, I don't know if I can just get the name of it here, Flick, Flick Stacker. F L I C K S T A C K R. I also and, use that. And it is also a nice little app. I mean, it's not to process the pictures, but it ties into, I have mine tied into Flickr, um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, my Dropbox account, and I think, and my 500 pixel account. And in the same way that you publish stuff in Lightroom, uh, you can publish stuff. Uh, on here, it's a little bit more work uh, than Lightroom, but it does allow me to um, take uh, my. What's it called? I'm just trying to see if I can find Flick it. Stacker. Flick Stacker. Yeah, it's spelled F-L-I-C-K. funny. Yeah, F L I C K S T A C K R. Oh, of course, yeah, vowels are optional. <laughs> exactly. It, it works on the iPhone and the iPad. Um, and what it does allow me to is like often I'll take pictures with my Fuji camera and then upload them via the Wi-Fi card that's in the camera to my iPad and process my pictures on my iPad like while I'm mobile. And it does allow me to do a very similar thing that Lightroom does. I can publish to multiple different places. I don't know if I can publish to my... I don't think I can publish to my blog or my, my web page. I don't think I've done that yet. Uh, but it may... And some of these extra features, like you can you have to buy extra modules if you're going to upload to... Instagram or something like that, but they're like an extra ninety nine cents a piece, and it's not really a big deal. But it's a very, it's actually a very nice app on an iPad or an iPhone to check out other um, your your um, streams from other sites. You can look at all your pictures there. Um, so I kind of would recommend it too. It doesn't solve that one problem of like having one picture and tapping the buttons and saying I want it to go here, 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 and here, but. Mm, yeah, there's clearly cool. an opportunity there for someone to write a, something like that. Yeah, and the sound of our voices. Could someone please make that? Yeah. <laughs> we'll a, have a plug in for next Lightroom? week, please. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'll buy it. I'll pay the money for it. I mean, it would be a very useful yeah. thing. Um, someone just has to do it. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Just just program it up there. I hate the word just, by the way. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, I oh, think... wait. Sorry. Let me go. Um, let me just say the the flick stacker i'm looking at you can do Flickr, 500 pics px instagram picasa i don't know why anybody picasa is that anymore. still open yeah i don't know i don't well, think so picasa Facebook. is google plus though 
Yeah. Oh, oh okay. yeah. So that you upload to Picasa and it goes to Google Plus. Uh, right. Facebook, yeah. My. Yeah. Dropbox, Box, Google Drive, SkyDrive, uh, Ipernita. Ipernit. I don't know what the hell is. Social sharing is Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. So this app you can upload to all these different um, sites from within. That's pretty the app. good. Yeah. Again, you have to buy the different modules. Some of them, it comes with, when you buy the app, it comes with a certain amount for free, but then you have to buy extras. But if it's like a 99 cent thing, you know, you only buy the ones, it's a la carte, so you only buy the services that you need. That's pretty so good. I think one, it's a, I think. yeah, and I think it's a very, very good app. It allows you to comment from in the app, it allows you to like pictures. Um, you can actually download your own pictures from your, uh, um, like from your Flickr site, you can download the copies of them to – so it's a good way to share pictures. Like if you work on your computer and you upload a high-res file to your computer and for some reason you need it on your iPad later on, you can download it on your iPad. So anyway, just want to let that be known. Before we, we wrap up the show, actually, I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to say that when I set up the podcast, I created a community in Flickr and a G Plus community. And I haven't really been advertising them on the show, so it's not particularly surprising they're quite dead places. But maybe we've gotten to the stage almost a year into the podcast that we should try to do something more with those. So if any listeners, A, if you go to let's-talk.ie, the links are there to the Flickr community and to the G Plus community, so you can sort of go in and have fun. But if you have any ideas for what we could do with them to make them more interesting places, you know, post, start a thread, make your suggestion. You know, at the moment, they're just utterly unutilized, and, and maybe we should do something with them. Okay, well, that I think I think an hour and fifteen minutes is, is probably as much as people can bear of us. So um, I think we'll round this one up. Even though I think actually we probably are going to revisit all of these topics because I, I think there's a lot more meat on these particular bones. Um, so I think we may revisit these a show per topic maybe. Um, thank you very much to the panel. Um, I suppose we go in reverse order, which must have been Antonio last. So uh, Antonio, <laughs> do, do you want to give out some links of where people can find you and your, your the various things you get up to? Yes, and thank you for having me uh, be tardy on your show and still include me. I'm sorry about that, but uh, I appreciate it. And it was a pleasure to be on this podcast. It really is. I'm honored to be well, part of this group. We're always delighted when you, show, when, you, when you can make it. And, you know, I, you thank know, you. I don't take this stuff too seriously, right? It's real life wins <laughs> podcasting second, right? That's, that's my view on yeah. these things. So anyway, you could find me. Um, I'm part of uh, a little mini company called Switch to Manual. Uh, me and my friend Tom, who's sometimes on the show, he's not been available lately, but uh, we do Switch to Manual where we teach people how to use the manual settings on their camera. So you can find us on switchtomanual.com and, and Twitter as switch numeral two manual. Um, also, my own website is amrosario.com and my Twitter is amrosario and my Flickr account is amrosario. So... <laughs> So if you come across an AM Rosario chap, it's probably you. Yes, and it's the M that's important, the AM oh. Rosario. AM so in the, the morning. There's someone else who's an A Rosario who's not you. There are A Rosarios out there, and I had to – well, it's a long story. One. But yeah. AM, the AM is important. Okay. <laughs> it means that I'm not a criminal. <laughs> that is pretty important. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> thanks, thanks Antonio. Again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stefan, where do, you, where do you hang out and where, where can people see your work? And, and don't forget to plug your podcast and stuff. Well, our uh, Dutch podcast is uh, normally every Wednesday. We record it on, on Tuesday evenings, and you can find more about that on tech45.be. 
And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm Stefan Lassage on Twitter, Facebook, and even on Flickr. And that's uh, S-T-E-F-A-N-L-E-S-A-G-E. Actually, something I should mention. So if you go to letstashtalk.ie, there's a little page in the top menu called Panelists. And I have links to everyone who's ever been on the show's Twitter. And if they've been on the photography show, they're Flickr as well. So it's also helpful for people. Uh, Mark, what would you like to plug? Uh, just indulge me one comment. And I, people, yes. If people think uh, I don't want to share because I'm not a good enough photographer, I, I want to encourage them to share anyway because I, for me, sharing and expanding how I shared made me a better photographer. And I want to encourage people to share more photography so that they can get better at it. Um, but as far as sharing and what, what I want you to look at, uh, my portfolio and my webpage is twinlakesimages.com. I put up my best pictures there. I blog about uh, where I'm showing or what I'm doing. Uh, I just came back from my two-week vacation, and I have a bunch of pictures of a juvenile eagle that I got to watch, and I also did a video of him. So uh, if you want to see that work, that's on my webpage. I am on Flickr as SwitcherMark. I'm on Google Plus as Mark Pauly. Uh, Twitter's as uh, SwitcherMark. Excellent. And uh, just before I introduce myself, just a reminder that these shows are free for listeners to enjoy, but there are some costs in making them. So if you'd like to contribute towards them, you'll find two giant big blue buttons on the front page at letstashtalk.ie. One of them will take you to our Patreon page, which basically, the idea with Patreon is that you pledge X amount per episode, and then assuming the episode gets made, X amount gets debited from your credit card at the end of the month. And X is usually a small number. That's sort of the idea. It's you pledge a small amount, and in theory, if plenty of listeners pledge a small amount, then it helps, etc. And then the other options are plain old straightforward. Click the PayPal button. You choose the amount. Click go. So, as I say, all all support is appreciated. Where you know, I'd like to get to the stage where my podcasting breaks even. We're not quite there yet, but hopefully soon. Anyway, thank you very much to everyone. Thank you to the panel. I'm Bart Bouchot. You can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy snapping. Listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi there, how are you? It's the Governor. Do you know how I got my huge muscles? Well, do you? I worked out every day and ate my vegetables. Now I'm learning how to grow my very own on the Your Own Victory Garden podcast. It's only on the Stoplight Network. I'm a gardener, you idiot. No, it's not a tumor. It's compost. Don't go to the chopper. Get to the raised bed. Hasta la vista, baby.